Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. So today I want to continue our series, The Most Important Thing. And today I want to talk to you around the subject, look, lean in, and level up. Look, lean in, and level up. And I want to take our text in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, the New International Version. Everyone read it together with me. It should be on the screen. And just read it together with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let's read it one more time with emphasis. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And this is the most important thing. Now let's take our subtext here today for the, ser- for the message title. 1, 1 Samuel 17, 47. Everyone read it together with me. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands look lean in and level up father we just thank you today for your word lord i am just ready for you to do something in our lives god i can sense your presence so real in this place right now that i really believe if people extend their faith in this service today that prayers that they've been praying and needing answers for can be answered today i really believe that if we just extend our faith today I really believe that you'll just show up in our situation. And so, Father, I pray today that we'll look, begin to look, we'll begin to view things through your eyes, through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of spiritual confidence, through the eyes of spiritual dreams. And I pray, Heavenly Father, we'll begin to look with those eyes. And I pray, Father, that we'll begin to lean in to your will. That will not lean back, will not be resistant, or will not be married to comfort or convenience. But we'll just say, God, we know you have dreams for us, and we lean in to your purpose, and we lean into your will. And then, Father, we just pray, God, as we do these things, because we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we ask you, Heavenly Father, to level us up. Lord, whatever that next step up towards you is, whatever that next step up towards your purpose for us is, whatever that next step of blessing, that next step of favor, that next step of anointing is, God, we just ask you to level us up in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory. Could you just do that with me really quick? Just lift your hands to the Lord and just, Father, we just worship you. We adore you. We invite your presence into this message right now. You speak, Father, you speak. It's not me speaking, but you speak through me, God, today. And minister to people in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47 should be a very familiar piece of Scripture for you or to you. Um. Because it is a part of the story of David fighting Goliath. 
And you know, as a pastor, as I was studying this week and I was thinking about this message and the idea of this message and what we wanted to do with this message, I was thinking, and, and, and David and Goliath kept coming up to me. And I, I don't know if you, you understand how pastors are or how we work or how things go, but I can just tell you this, when God prompts me with David and Goliath, having been a pastor for 35 years, I say to myself, God, let's find another example because David and Goliath, we've talked about this a million and one times. What new could we derive from it? What new thing could we get out of David and Goliath? And so it's like, let's not do David and Goliath. Let's find something else. But God just kept bringing me back to this story. And there's a particular reason. Because this process that I'm talking about, this idea this look, lean in, and level up is exactly what happened in David's life in this scenario and in this situation. And when we read this passage of Scripture, it tells us something very important. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47, it says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." This is David making a declaration to the Philistine army that God will show up and he'll show you that it's not about our skill or our ability or our confidence or anything we can do that's going to change anything or make anything different. But it's God and his ability that will do this. Now, here's what we have to understand. Being good West Texas folk that we are, we have this thinking, this mindset, this idea. And in a lot of ways, it's good. I will tell you that I love people who are not afraid to try. I love people who have a pioneering spirit. I love people who aren't drawing back or resistant. I love people who will go for things. But at the same time, we have this mentality that says, I'll just pull myself up by my bootstraps. I don't need anybody's help. And this weird kind of pride kind of erupts in our lives. And we start thinking we can do it, and we don't necessarily need God. Matter of fact, I've even heard people tell me, I'll ask God to help when I've done all I can do. And I don't know if you realize it or not, that's unbiblical. You've been taught that as kind of like a chimney scripture philosophy. You know what a chimney corner scripture is? It's something that sounds like a scripture, but it's not really one. There's a lot of them. And scriptures that sound like scriptures, but that aren't really scriptures, do not give you life or strength or wisdom or growth. There's no life in it. Because it's not from God, it's from common sense or it's from some philosophy of man or it's some ideology that we've grown up with because my dad told me, his dad told him. There's nothing wrong with you saying I'm self-sufficient. But here's what we should rather say, like the Apostle Paul said, I find my self-sufficiency in the sufficiency of Christ. In other words, I can do nothing outside of what God will do for me. Jesus even said this. He said, you are the vine, or I am the vine, you are the branches, the Father is the husband. And he goes on to say, without me, you can do nothing. In other words, in the kingdom, in our relationship with God, in our spiritual walk, we are without help. But this is the powerful part about this scripture. And it's the powerful part about what's gone on in our world in the last few years and how we are approaching it today and what we're doing going forward. Here's the thing. 
all God's told us is, listen, it doesn't matter what the battle is. It doesn't matter how ugly it is. And, and maybe we've missed that part. Maybe we've just been going through the last few years thinking, oh, man, I, I wish, you know, I wish things were different. Or, man, I'm discouraged. Or, man, I feel low. Let me just tell you something spiritually that I have realized in the last little bit. That, yes, a pandemic came through here. And you say, well, can we just stop talking about it? But we've got to talk about it for one reason. A pandemic came through. At the same time, there was a major moral cultural shift in our nation and in the world. And at the same time, what we didn't realize, and I believe this with all of my heart, a spirit of discouragement came with it. Because you can't explain how, why so many people who have faced harder things, there are harder things that have been faced than what we've gone through in the last few years. Are you with me? But you can't explain why some people who have faced harder things got so discouraged that they're willing to just quit and give up. I know people just walked away from ministry because they just can't take it anymore. It's just, I gave up. And you know what it was? It was a spirit of discouragement that came on them and said, you're not going to make it. People are never going to love God again. Everybody's going to be distracted and go their own way. And you know what? We, we, we didn't realize, I think, I think we realized, I think we realized we're in a situation, but I don't think we realize we're in a spiritual battle. Come on, y'all wake up in this non-denominational church this morning. Come on. Come on. You hearing me? I don't think we realized this is a war. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. A fight for our spiritual lives, a fight for our spiritual purpose, a fight for the kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom of God, a fight for the church of Jesus Christ to be built for the righteousness and holiness and preciousness of God's grace and goodness to be advanced into the world. Listen, we don't have to be afraid of the darkness of the world. The Bible says where sin abounds, in other words, where sin is abundant, where darkness is abundant, grace is much more abundant. Come on overwhelmed by darkness we are the light you say no jesus is the light no jesus said you are the light because you carry the light the thing that's so awesome about what david is saying here is that listen all if you want to win the battle all you have to do is show up to fight you don't even have to fight just be there because the battle isn't yours it's God's. And here's what we're doing so much of the time. We're getting in the fight, and then God's coming in for the rescue because we said, God, we're trusting you. We're believing you, and, and we know you're going to take care of it, and we're trusting that you're going to make this happen, and we're believing that you're going to make this happen, and I'm here for the fight, and here comes God to the rescue, and all of a sudden, God's moving slower than we thought he should move, and it looks different than we thought it should look, and it's not exactly how we would have fought the battle. I mean, I can imagine Joshua thought this at Jericho. Well, I didn't think we'd just be walking around the wall. It doesn't seem like a battle strategy to me but let me tell you something when God says he'll do something you can rest assured that he will do it and if you have faith for the fight he'll show up for the fight and here's what happens though when he shows up right before he shows up we get tired of waiting and we jump in front of him and we say we'll take over here because we can do this we know what's best we're from West Texas <laughs> and then what happens get your behind beat yeah you get it you, you get it beat. Because listen, you cannot defeat the enemy of your soul 
without the king of all kings in your camp. And if we want God to fight for us, then there's some things we need to do to make sure we're ready for the fight and that he will fight the fight. David's decision to fight the giant revealed some things. It, it revealed that he looked through the lens of faith. He leaned into the purpose and plan of God and he leveled up his faith believing God could do anything. And as a result, God leveled up his life. Now, now listen to me. we got to get back to the place where we really believe what the Word of God says. Come on, I'm going to say it again. We need to get back to the place where we really believe what the Word of God says. I believe what the Word of God says. I believe that, that, that God is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. I believe that God is the first and the last. I believe that He was and is and is to come. I believe that he heals divinely. I believe he heals emotional problems and mental problems and spiritual problems and physical problems. I believe that he hung on a cross and paid the penalty for my sin. And then he burst through a tomb because death couldn't hold him. I believe what the Bible says is true. I believe we serve a miracle working God. I believe we serve a God who does the greatest miracle we could ever experience. And that is to save a soul from hell. Listen, you, you, I don't know if God could heal somebody's physical body. Can I tell you something? If God can take your spirit and change it on the inside of you and cause what was dead to be alive again. I'm telling you right now, if he can do that, there is nothing he can't do. He changed me from dark to light. He brought me from death to life. He took this lost boy and found him and put him in a family. Come on, y'all. If God can do that, what can't he do? There is absolutely nothing impossible with God. We got to start believing that again. David was just in this particular position to believe it. He was just this. And you know what happens when we start believing that? Again, it causes us to stop listening to all these voices we're hearing in the world and all these philosophies we're hearing in the world and all these ideologies we're hearing in the world and we're somehow getting watered down in our faith and watered down in our belief and watered down in the thing. Come on, we need to shirk that stuff. We need to shake it off because we are believing so fully in the Word and in our God who has saved us and changed us. Come on. And if you're in this place this morning and if you've never experienced the saving power of Jesus Christ. Don't leave this room today before you've made a decision to follow Jesus. It's the best decision you'd ever make. Are you with me? How do we get to a place where our faith is like that? I mean, honestly. Because we've heard it said and we've heard it taught and we've heard people get up and tell us you just need to have more faith. And then if something doesn't happen like you thought it should or they thought it should, then they tell you you just didn't have enough faith. That is such an inappropriate doctrine. And the reason is because the Bible says very clearly that you could have the faith as a grain of mustard seed and move mountains. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to increase our faith. But faith is increased as we grow and develop in our relationship with Jesus. You just get more faith. When you know, when you know somebody better, you have more confidence in who they are. And as we grow in our relationship with God, we become more confident in who he is and what he says and what he does. I don't, listen, as we, every time, and I've told this testimony many times, I'm not going to tell the whole testimony, but every time we sing that song, this is, the, this is what is that song? 
what is that song called? Your Breath in My Lungs. Yeah, I don't never know the name of it. I always think of another song, and I think it's a secular song, so that's probably not appropriate. But as, we, as, as, I'm, as I'm singing that song, I re, you, see, you don't have to convince me that God heals. You don't have to convince me that God's a miracle worker. You don't have to convince me that the word of God is true. Because the girl that was one of the part of the team that sang that song this morning, sitting right there, my daughter, who has two kids of her own, was born dead. And when I say she was born dead, that is not an exaggeration. That is not hyperbole for the, the purpose of a, speaking a message. That is the actual fact. For 15 minutes, she had no oxygen to her brain. She had no heartbeat. She had no signs of life for 15 minutes when she was born. When they held her up, she was completely blue. I didn't know it at the time because it was so fast. They just held her up and said, you have a girl. And they, they, they took her off, and then they just kept working, and there was no crying and no crying and no crying and Finally, after 15 minutes, the longest 15 minutes of our life, we heard a cry. And, and I can tell you about how God arranged all that and made sure the right people in the room and all this. But I can tell you this. They came to us after that. We were so young and so silly, we didn't even know what had really happened. So they started handing us pamphlets about, you know, you're, you're gonna, uh, she, she's probably going to be deaf. She's probably going to have some uh, 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 learning disability problems. She probably could be deaf. She could, she could uh, not be able to, like, I can't remember what, what it was, but some issues with her extremities. Because of this oxygen deprivation, because no heart beating because none of that activity was going on and we were like what we had no idea there's anything wrong and we just started praying and believing God well and you can see do you know what she does for a living teaches children right over here at this school right over here and she's an excellent teacher do you know why you know why she's an excellent teacher because God's showing off God's showing that I can take a situation that was supposed to end in death because the enemy comes after us. But you know what? Uh, the world is a sinful place. But you know what? God is greater. He is bigger. He can do what we think can't be done. And you could say to me, Pastor, listen, Pastor, you, for every testimony you could tell, I could tell numbers of times that God didn't do that or it didn't come through. And you know what? I can't explain that to you. But as it pertains to me and as it pertains to what I believe about the word of God, I'm telling you right now, you can't convince me otherwise because God healed me in my back. This is not necessarily a message about healing this morning. I don't know why I'm sharing that part of it. I really don't. The Holy Spirit's just leading this part of it. I just want you to, I just want you to know I've seen God do. I've been in hospital rooms with people who've been healed immediately laying in a hospital bed. I've seen a woman who could, they couldn't bring her heart rate down. They didn't know what to do. They had her hooked up to machines because every time they'd take her off the machines, her heart rate would go up to so high that it would, they, they were fear that it was going to explode. And every time they couldn't do anything. And we walked into that room and, and we just prayed a really simple prayer. But her family was believing God. And, and I just went in and hugged them. I laid my hands on her hand and I started praying. And as we were praying, all of a sudden, this the, one of those machines made a weird sound and went boop. And I thought, what, what, what was that? And all of a sudden, her heart rate on its own started re-regulating itself. The doctors came in. They took her off the machine, and her heart beat. And she's still alive today. And her heart beats regular today. 
You say, well, I've got problems in my own life. Well, let's start believing God. Let's stop thinking, well, man, maybe God would do that someday. Some No, let's start setting our faith. Let's start asking God for favor and for his healing virtue to flow in our lives and to change our circumstances and to fix our problems. Listen, that's what God does. That's who he is. Stop trying to make it on your own. You have a father who is benevolent, who loves you, who cares for you, who wants to help you. Are you listening to me this morning? Are you here? here this morning you know God can give you victory he can give you power he can give you anointing over your circumstance you don't give into that stuff you listen to the voice of God he's going to do something great in your life amen Amen. when we truly love you see you say how how can we do that how can we really have that kind of faith and here's the here's how love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Are you guaranteeing that every time God's going to do something? No, God doesn't operate on our time. And I can't explain why everything doesn't always work every time. This is not a formula. God's not a slot machine. He's not a cosmic Santa Claus. We have to pray according to his will and not just whatever we want. And sometimes we don't get our prayers answered because we're not asking for the purpose of God's will or for the purpose of unselfish reasons. We're asking for our own benefit and for our own blessing. And, God, and, and James tells us, the apostle, he said, sometimes you don't get answered because you're not asking for the right reasons. You're asking for wrong motives. But God loves you. You're his kids. He wants to do great things in your life. He wants to inspire dreams in you and manifest those dreams out of you. He wants to build his kingdom through your life. He wants to build his church through your life. He wants to do something so significant that it changes not only you, your family, but everybody around you. That's what God wants to do in your life. And that's the power that he has, that he could do that in your life. And this is what David understood. How do I get to the place where my faith is like that, where I just believe what God says, and I believe what God does, and I believe what God wants? How do I get to that place? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind with all your strength because here's the reality of it we love God a little bit <laughs> now y'all getting all looking just staring at me don't accuse me pastor I'm just telling you the truth we all have a problem with this we love God proportionately to our time or to our circumstances or to to where we are in life we love God Mostly, but then when other things come up, we devote ourselves to them more than we devote ourselves to Him. So it's not that other things are not okay. It's just that can they be put in a place of value, but that's more valuable than the place we put God in our lives. And, and, and do we love God with our whole self, like with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, all? That word all. Everybody say the word all. It means entirely. It means completely. And Jesus said, here's the manifestation of your love for me. This is how I know you love me. Obey me. When you obey me, when you walk in obedience to me, that is a reflection of your love for me. 
And so I think we have to get back to that place where if we want God moving in our lives, stirring dreams and manifesting dreams in our life, if we want God to do powerful things in and through us, if we want God to do the things in our lives that we need him to do, then here's what we do. we got to follow him. we got to love him. we got to get ourselves in that place where he is the most important thing, that nothing else is more important than him. And that's where David was. And when we start loving God like this, we start seeing things differently. Sometimes we can be so small-minded. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we let our comfort cause us to be small. Are, are you with me? Sometimes we let the parameters we've placed around our own life for the sake of comfort keep us from dreaming bigger that would take us outside that box of comfort. Sometimes we allow the things that God wants to do in us, we put them on the table, we put them on the shelf simply because it's going to require too much and I've got this pretty little picture of what I want my life to be and that's going to kind of shake things up a little bit and God's saying, exactly. You know, we talked last week about how we ask God to do His thing in our life because we know He's a benevolent Father and fathers know best. And God knows best. God is our Father. He knows, he knows best. He knows better than we do what's good for our life. He knows better than we do what we need. He knows better than we do what the best thing for us is. Are you with me? So we should surrender to that completely with our whole self and our whole love, knowing that God's not going to lead us astray. You know, that's the world you're thinking about that gives you this bait and switch. I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you this. And then you reach for it, and what do they do? They take that away and give you something that's not good. That's the world. That's the spirit of the world. That's the way the world works. That's not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is I've got life for you, and you can choose. You can choose life Abundance, growth, development, or you can, you, you can choose death and destruction. It's up to you. You choose, and then, and then God says, but I would encourage you highly, choose life. Are you with me? So God's given us this opportunity to think at a different level. And when we start loving God with our whole self, here's what happens. We start looking at things differently. We start seeing things differently. Our life opens up to, to huge opportunities and huge things. Here's what happens. We start seeing obstacles as opportunities. In other words, when things get hard, we don't look at them as something hard or something standing in our way. We look at it as a stair step to the next thing God wants for our life. When Christians face difficulties or obstacles that are standing in the way of their progress, the way their faith and their love for God causes them to do, it skews the look of that. In other words, they look at it differently than they used to look at it. In other words, they don't look at it as an obstacle anymore. They look at it as an opportunity. An opportunity to show God power, an opportunity to extend our faith, an opportunity to be a light to the world, an opportunity. That's why, you know, there's so many people that have been saved and come to Jesus for one simple reason. They had a friend who knew Jesus that went through something hard, and they didn't act like everybody else does when you go through something hard. And they're going, I don't know what's different about you, but I'm going to come talk. Not that they're perfect, not that they don't have times that are hard, but, but that, that, that they stand in faith and they believe God and their attitude is different and the way they view things is different. And so they're like, I want what you have, right? Because when we're really given to God, we see things differently because we don't see from our own ability, we see from the bigness of who he is. You don't have a problem that's bigger than God. 
You don't have a challenge that's bigger than God. We look at challenges as chances for change. An opportunity for my life to shift. An opportunity for God to refine me. I may be going into the fire here, but I'm gold and I have a lot of dross on me. And God is removing all that baggage that I had in my life so that I can become better. In other words, I look at this challenge and I don't look at it as something that's bad. I look at it as something that's going to help me change for the better. And then we look at problems as possibilities. (laughs) Man, we've had our share of problems, amen? I, you know, you know. I think I talked to my sister the other day, and she's a great lady. And uh, she said, "David, everything is going so well in my life." She said, "There's just so much blessing in my life right now," and she said, "I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop." How, how many of you have that attitude, that mentality? Like when things are going really good, you're like, "Oh God." What's about to happen? Because <laughs> how, how many of y'all know when it rains, it pours, y'all? I mean, it feels like you wake up one day and something bad happens, and then the next week, it's like, what, what did I do? But can I just tell you something? When you have God on your side, and he's fighting your battles, and he's standing with you, because that's what the Bible says he'll do in Isaiah. It says, you're going to walk through floodwaters, but you're not going to drown because God is with you. He said, you're going to go through fiery trials, but you're not going to be burned up because God is with you. Come on, we have God in our boat. Let the storms rage. The Messiah is in our boat. What's going to happen? The person who created the waves is in our boat. The person who created the water is in our boat. The person who created the lightning is in our boat. What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen because God is with us. We begin to think on a different level. And small thinking and small mindedness leave us because our mind is filled with the bigness of God. And his word fills our hearts and our minds. And we live according to faith and not feelings. We walk by faith and and not by sight. David shows up to this battle. You know the story. David shows up to this battle and Goliath's on the other side. And all of the armies of Israel are afraid and scared. They're literally, the Bible says they were literally in their tents and their knees were knocking together. Now, that's scared. When your knees are knocking together, like when you were fine and then the Goliath starts talking and you go, that's scared, y'all. And they all were scared. And here comes this little shepherd boy. And that's literally all he'd ever been. He worked for his dad, and he'd been a shepherd. He's out there singing and playing his harp and, 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 and taking care of the sheep and protecting them from all kinds of enemies like lions and bears. And he's taking care of what he's responsible for at the time. And his dad sends him to take lunch to his brothers who are in the battle. And he goes and he hears this giant who is cursing God. And he can't tolerate it. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to sit here and let this happen. And you know the story. He decides, I'll take him on. Nobody else will take him on. I'll take him on. He goes to the king, King Saul, and he says, king, let me take the giant on. He said, you're just a kid. This guy's been a warrior from his youth. What makes you think you could take him on? He says, I, I was in the, 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 the pasture, and a wolf came, or a, a bear came to take my lambs, and I, I was able, by the help of God, to kill that bear and keep them from taking my 
father's lambs. And later along came a lion. And that lion tried to take my father's lambs. And I killed, by the help of God, killed that lion. And that same God who gave me the power to deliver the lambs from the lion and the bear has given me the power to take this giant out on behalf of the sheepfold of God, the children of Israel. And I will not stand by and listen to the voice of the devil curse my God. Somebody's got to do something, I'll do it. So Saul says, well, you're as good as choice as any. He said, here's my, here's my, here's my equipment. And he said, no, I can't take this equipment. I haven't tried this equipment. You know, you got, you got to go through some things. You go through fighting a bear with the, this certain equipment, then you're ready to face the Goliath with that equipment. You can't use what God's given to somebody else. Stop trying to get somebody else's gift. Stop trying to get somebody else's ability because it's not about your gift or ability to begin with. It's about the power of God. David showed up instead of with the spear and a sword. He showed up with the Lord. He went down and he got five stones from the brook and he put them in his little pack. He put one of the stones in his sling. You have to understand David was very skilled. The Bible literally defines to us that David's mighty men who he trained could take one of these slings, which is a leather strap with a pocket, a leather pocket in the middle of it, and you put a rock in there, and then you start swinging this leather strap until it comes to a certain speed. You let go of one end, and then you let it hit the target. Now, let me just tell you something. The Bible says that David's mighty men, having been trained by him, could, hit, could knock a fly off your nose without hitting you with a sling like that. From a hundred paces. This boy could throw that sling. He was good. He was good. But you notice he didn't rely on his skill and ability to take the giant. In his mind, the only reason he could do that is because God gave him the ability to do that. It was all about God. It was all about his ability. He said, I'll show up for the fight because I know God allowed me to deliver the sheep from the bear. I know God allowed me to deliver the sheep from the lion. When you face problems, sometimes you need to stop going, oh, I can't believe I'm having to go through. Sometimes you need to take a step back and say, God, what are you preparing me for? What are you getting ready to do in my life? I, this seems bad and this seems hard, but you must be training me for something that's going to be awesome. You must be training my kids for something that's going to be awesome because you're preparing us to fight. But then don't give in. Take the armor of God and begin to fight. We walk by faith, not by sight. David looked at that Goliath, that giant, and he had five stones, not because he was afraid he would miss. But if you read the history of Israel, Goliath had four uh, relatives that were also giants that David's mighty men ultimately killed. So David was so confident in the Lord that when he picked up the five stones, he's like, I'm going to kill Goliath. And if any of his giant buddies want to come out here, we can go too. That's confidence, y'all. Everybody else is like, I ain't taking on that giant. David's like, hey, I'll take you, your mama, your daddy, your dogs, your sisters, your brothers. Come on. Because there was a confidence in the power and presence of God on his life. Why? Because he spent time in the power and presence of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. David was walking by faith. He wasn't seeing a, a giant. He was seeing, he was seeing an enemy of God. And he, he wasn't seeing somebody who, 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 who could destroy Israel. He was seeing somebody who, who, who needed to be brought down. 
You know, a lot of people say it, and I've said it before. Everyone else saw a giant that was too big to fight, and David saw a giant that was too big to miss. It's all about perspective. And when you start seeing God for who he is, then you, your view of life, you start looking differently at life. This is the scripture in 2 Corinthians says in 5, 7 of 2 Corinthians, for we live by faith, not by sight. Stop living by your emotions or, or by your senses and start living by the faith of the word of God. We live by the power of the spirit and the word of God, not the opinions of man or our own ability. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 in the NIV says, for the spirit of God gave us not make that he gave us not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline we see the amazing blessings he wants to get to us and through us and we see the people he wants us to help save we see the power of his purpose on our lives we see the wonder of his will this is why we're doing vision weekend because we want to show you what we believe God is saying to us as a church we see what God wants to do we see and realize that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think I don't know about you but I have a big imagination and I can think of very big things and I can try very big things and it doesn't scare me because I know I have God but listen what this says in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. We see and understand that nothing, nothing is impossible. Turn your neighbor right now say nothing. Say, turn another neighbor say nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. The Bible says right there in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and he said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. The most important thing is to love God. And when we do, the view that we have of the world is looked upon with the eyes of faith, seeing the bigness of God and the smallness of man and understanding that our circumstances could not compete with God's divine favor, not one minute, not one second, not one situation. Yes, but how? Number one, we, we need to look through the lens of faith. You need to start making a decision when you get up in the morning. I'm going to pray for the favor of God on my life. I'm going to pray for the goodness of God on my life. And I am not, I refuse to be limited by doubt and fear. It's not allowed in my life. It can't come into my life. I will not be a party to the cynicism that is on this earth today. I will not be a party to the doubt and fear that exists in so many today because that's attempts from the devil to keep me from the purpose of God. And I refuse it. So I stand up and I declare the word of God over my life. That I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That, that, that He greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world. Choose to see the world through the ability of Christ. Stop looking at your circumstances through your ability and start looking at your circumstances through the ability of Christ. Man, I don't know if you guys are getting stirred up by this. I hope you are, but you look like you are in a museum right now. I don't know what, what I, you look, I know you're hearing me. I know you're listening to me, but you need to say something once in a while. Let me know you're still in the building. Refuse that limitation. Number two, how to lean into the purpose of God. How do we lean into the purpose of God? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us very clearly how to lean into the purpose of God. Trust the Lord with all your heart. 
I think in a lot of ways we can get this one, but it's the second part that we don't realize that if we don't get the second part of this, then we're not really doing the first part. Come on, if we don't get the second part of this, we're not really doing the first part. Trust in the Lord with all, there's that word again, all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Am I just supposed to sit around and do nothing until God shows up? No. That's, that doesn't say that. You, you act like it's either or. Just, I just sit around and wait for God, or I just do it myself. No. You patiently wait on God as you have prayed and interceded for Him to get involved in your life. And then you do what you know to do right now. And you do it with your faith and with, with everything you have. And God will show up and give you direction. Don't think the Holy Spirit won't speak to you. Don't think the Holy Spirit won't lead your life. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth that leads us into all truth. He's your teacher. Are y'all with me? Come on, somebody say amen. There's one person with me. That's awesome. He says, if you'll trust me, not lean on your understanding, here's what he'll do. A lot of times we read this passage of Scripture wrong, we interpret it wrong. We, make, we, 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 we think it's God standing over our lives because he sees us from an elevated place. And, and if we'll listen to him, if we'll trust him, if we'll not lean on our understanding, then he'll guide our lives. Like, all right, you need to make this corner. Don't do it to the left. Go to the right. This is how we view it, right? Don't go to the left. Go to the right. Oh, you, all right, get ready. There's a mountain coming up. You're going to go. It's going to have to. You're going to have to climb it. Oh, watch out for this valley that's coming. This is how we see it. But that's not what that scripture says at all. If you read it in different translations and you go back to the original, here's what it actually is saying. He will make your path straight. And that's what, this is what means. If you truly learn how to trust God and stop getting in his way by wanting you to always do it your way, here's what happens. He brings the valleys up level. He brings the mountains down level. He straightens out the corners. That's what that means. And when we can really learn to do that, then all these problems you see as mountains, all of a sudden don't look like mountains anymore. Why? Because God has leveled it out. God levels you up and levels your problems down. You hear me? God levels you up and levels your problems down. Learn, this, they, listen, learn to trust God, y'all. Learn to trust Him. Like, learn to put all your 100% of your confidence in Him. He is your answer. He is your solution. He is your life. He is your King. He is your benevolent Father. He loves you. The Bible said He's an everlasting Father. He's always there. He's always available. David said, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. He asked him a question. Everybody else is going to the hills because they would put these altars up on the hills and they would worship other gods. David said, I'm looking out at the hills. And then he asked a question, but where does my help come from and he says my help comes from heaven my help comes from the father in heaven who doesn't sleep and who doesn't slumber and he doesn't allow our foot to be moved and he is always watching out for us and he is always taking care of us and the third thing and the last thing is this how to level up in faith how do I level up in faith I'm closing so I don't want to take a long time here, but I really need to share this with you because this is something that's fresh to Janae and I right now. And uh, a few weeks ago, we were doing uh, 
the Christmas Eve service here. It was beautiful, wonderful. The place was packed out. Everybody was just in a loving mood. You could just tell the energy was great. Just a, just a wonderful, wonderful night. And the Lord spoke to me a message to speak. And it was talking about Mary when the angel came to Mary. And Mary said to the angel, she responded differently. Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, he was afraid of the angel. When he saw the angel, he, was, he wasn't afraid of what the angel brought, the message he brought. He was afraid of the angel himself. He fell down on the ground. It scared him to pieces. But when Mary saw the angel, she wasn't afraid of the angel. She was afraid of the message. And not really afraid, but disturbed. If you really look at the, the language, it's she was perplexed. In other words, here's what she was saying. Me? You're choosing me? You're picking me? I mean, I'm, who am I? You, you're picking me to bring the Son of God into the earth? Who, who am I? Her humility was so real. But then the ultimate answer, the ultimate thing that she brought to the table was this. I, I don't really get it. I don't understand why you would choose me, but here's what I'm going to say to you, God. Everything you've said you want to do, do it. I'm here for it. I'll do it. And when I was preaching this, that if you, if you understand when the angel showed up to Mary, what was the message he brought? He just basically said, hello, Mary, highly favored of God. Hello, Mary, highly favored of God. In other words, one who has God's favor. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, prompted Janae as I was speaking that. He said, you need to start praying for God's favor. And you know, I have to be honest. I've preached about the favor of God. I've studied the favor of God. I've talked about the favor of God. But I don't know that I've ever just said, God, I need you to give me your favor. I really don't know. Because sometimes when you pray prayers like that, it sounds selfish, doesn't it? Like, God, give me favor. In other words, you're saying, God, bless my socks off. That's what you're saying. God, bless me. I want to be blessed. And you know what? It's okay to pray that when your heart is surrendered to the purpose of God for your life. Because when your heart is surrendered to the purpose of God for your life, it's not about you just being blessed. It's about what God can get to you because it's what a friend of mine told me this week. He could get through you. So we begin to start praying for the favor of God. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. We've already started seeing some things that were just like God's blessing certain things. And our, and our, and our mindset has changed about certain things. And and I'm going to tell you, I'm not different than any other pastor. For the last two and a half years, I've done my best to try to get up here and encourage you. But I've walked through some dark discouragement at different times. Not, 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 I'm not saying that because of you. I'm saying that because just the enemy came after us to try to push us down and say, you're never going to, you're never going to grow a church here. You're never, this is, these people will never do it. They'll never go there. They'll never get out of their comfort zone. They'll ne this is what I'm hearing every day, not now, but what I was for a long time. There's no way you're going to have the influence in the panhandle like you feel like God told you you would have. There, there's no way those dreams are coming true every day. 
I would get up and I'd pray and I'd fight through it. And I would feel so heavy every day. And all of a sudden, about a month and a half ago, I, get in, I got in personal prayer just at my house. And I was praying. And I can't explain it to you. But man, there was a shift in the spirit. Whatever that heaviness has been over the entire world, whatever that heaviness has been over everybody I know, it lifted. I'm telling you, it li- I felt it, and I knew what it was. God told me, it's gone. A new day is coming, and I'm going to do a new thing. That's what God told me. And I started talking to different pastor friends of mine around that same time, and you know what they told me? That happened to me. I was so discouraged and so defeated, that happened to me. And since that moment, God has used me to speak in the lives of others, and God has used others to speak into my life. And I'm telling you, God is going to do a new thing. I can't wait for Vision Weekend. I'm telling you, God is going to do a new thing that's going to change lives. It's going to heal people. He's going to stir us up as believers to be greater uh, believers than we've ever been, to be in His presence, to be in His will, to be in His purpose, and to walk in His favor, to walk in His blessing, to walk in His anointing. To walk in His life-giving Spirit. So how do I level up my faith? I ask for the favor of God. I commit to the cause of Christ. And then I have to be willing to leave my current level. Come here, Scotty, real quick. Hurry, Troy, come here. Troy, you go up here, stand up here. I'm going to let you represent God. Scotty represents the devil. (laughs) No, I'm joking. You know, spiritually in our life, we go through different levels, or at least we're supposed to. And my fear is that a lot of that's happened in the world in the last 10, 20 years has caused Christians to stop leveling up. That we've just stopped growing in our faith. We've just kind of become religious and that's one of the things that we've got to battle here in this area is a religious spirit. We're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. And everybody thinks they're a Christian because of where they live. And it's not true. They're not. A lot of people are going to stand before God. They're not going to heaven just because they were culturally Christian. That's the religion they chose. No, you go to heaven because you're born again. Because your life has changed. Because you're growing in Christ. Because you're following Jesus. Not because of some mental assent to an ideology. I hope I'm making that clear. But we're all supposed to be going, the Bible says, from precept to precept, line upon line, glory to glory in our growth and maturity in Christ. And a lot of us, what happens, we get stuck and we stay at the same level. Because here's what happens. God, turn this way, Scotty. God gives us the opportunity. He says, Scotty, listen, I've got purpose for your life. I've got a destiny for your life. I've got something that I want to do significantly in your life. But you're going to have to come up here to do it. You can't stay down there you got to come up here. And, 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 and did, you know, did you know that the word repent, that's actually what it means? What does the prefix re mean? To do over again. And, and, and what does, where do we get that repent from? Where do you see that word? In things like penthouse. Up high. So when we repent, we're not just turning around. And going another direction, God is saying, listen, I created you to be up here, but you're down there. You need to step up. And here's what God does in our life. He wants to take us from that level 
to this level. And what does that level mean? It just means we get closer to Him. It, it means we grow in our faith. We become more mature. The fruit of the Spirit's coming out of our life. I gotta hurry. And what, here's what happens. We get to this level, but then there are things from that level that are still holding on to us because we won't let them go. And then God says at this level, hey, you know what? You've been at this level for a while. I want you to come higher. I want you to know me more. I want to do more good things in your life. I want to bless you. I want to bless your family. I want to bless those around you. I want you to be more significant in your life. I want to give you dreams and visions and things you never thought would be possible for your own life. I want to do this in your life, but you're going to have to come on up to the next level. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. Come here. Grab my elbow. And, he, and, and, and look, go up there. Go up on the top. We'll make it work. And so you're stuck. Like you took that first step, but you're still kind of holding on to the level you're at. Maybe some unforgiveness, maybe some bitterness, maybe some disbelief, maybe some just not ready to commit, maybe some sin. And God's saying, you got to let it go. And now you've gone as far as you can go until you decide, I got to let it go. I got to let that small mindedness to go if I'm going to think big. I've got to let that doubt go if I'm going to have faith. I've got to let that fear go if I'm going to walk in the power and courage that God has for me. And here's what happens when we decide, I feel safe down there. I feel like I've known that. I've always known that. I've got friends down there. I've got relationships down there. It's comfortable to me down there. But when we make that decision, I believe God knows better. I I believe He knows better. I believe He knows better. And we let go. And God takes us further in our purpose, in our destiny, in His will for us because He loves us. But in order to level up, you have to let go from where you've been. Surrender yourself. Stop being afraid to give it to God. He knows what's best. Give these guys a hand. You can be seated. So stand with me. The power of God, the favor of God, the anointing of God It's what changes things. We're praying for God's favor. We're also praying for His anointing. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of the bondage of sin. It's not my ability. It's not my personality. It's not my skill as a communicator. It's none of that that changes anybody's life. It's not my ability as a counselor. Not my ability as a person to, you know, disciple. I can do all of that. But the reality is that changes nobody's heart. What changes somebody's heart is the Spirit of God. It's the anointing that breaks the yokes. We need to say, God, give us your Holy Spirit baptize us in your Holy Spirit freshly anoint us with your Holy Spirit every day the anointing flows in our lives when we look through the right lens when we lean into his purpose and when we level up our faith our dreams and our willingness when we do I promise you yeah you're going to face some battles yeah you're going to face some struggles you're going to face some fights But the truth is, you just show up, God will do the fighting. David said, the battle is not mine, it is the Lord's. And you want to yell at me and scream at me and shake your spirit at me? Great, I'm going to take this rock and knock you off your feet. And he did, and he went over and took the giant's head. And the Philistines ran for cover. And that's exactly what the devil will do in your life when you say, that's it. I'm going to show up for the fight, and I know God's going to fight for me. God will do big things with regular people who dream big dreams. I was going to 
I want to bless you. And I, I, the Lord told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. And I want to bless you before you leave today. But I want to do something. This may sound strange. And for some of you, you may not want to do it. You may be like, ah, it's too much for me. I'm not going to have you do anything weird. But I really believe that when God spoke to me, he said, you're going to build their faith. You need to get, let them take a step of faith. If you're going to build their faith, let them take a step of faith with this message. And so I believe that there are people who have heard this message and you have, you remember a day when you really believed. Like you really did. Like you weren't trying to, you didn't have to build it up in yourself. You didn't have to, I really want to believe. No, it was like you really, I believe there are people here that, that, at one point in your life you were you were so spiritually on fire for God that nothing else mattered as much as that but that's not where you're at today I believe there's those you've been struggling with a physical battle or with a financial battle or with uh, an emotional battle of some kind or even relational battle in your family and you're just like I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this I don't know how this is ever going to change and you've been trying and trying and thinking and thinking and working and working and nothing is ever, it's, listen, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the favor of God that gives entrance to blessing. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you, if you have any of those situations today where you're like, I want more of God. I want to believe like this. I want to love God like that. I just don't know how. I, 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 I have in the past been more, you know, in my relationship with Him. I, I want to really go forward. Whatever this new thing is God wants to do in the earth, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to miss it. And I know sometimes I just, I, I, I think that way when I come to church and then when I leave, I just go right back and, and let my life take me over again. But I want God. I want, if that's you here today, in whatever situation or whatever scenario I want you to say to yourself it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter what is going on in any other situation I need God to move on my life I want God to move on my life now if you don't want that and you're not thinking that and you're not saying man I want then then don't be embarrassed about not coming up here but I'm asking you if you're saying David I believe what you're saying, it resonated with my heart, and I want to go there with my life. I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to come down here and just stand. We're not going to do anything except I'm going to pray for you all together. If you just say, and listen, please don't be that spiritual person that says, I'm already there. Well, if you're there, there's another level that God wants to take you. And if you're not ready to do this, don't be, don't, don't, don't feel strange or weird, or if you're you know, uh, new with us. Don't. This is not weird. This is just kind of like doing some business as a family. Can I get our elders to come to, if you will, any elders that are in the room? Just, I just want you to come and stand up here with me. We're just going to take a minute. Really doesn't matter how long it takes. Y'all just move in. Move in here close like a family. Move all the way in. Move all the way in. Stand up here with me. I just want us to pray. Because here's what I believe. As you took that step of faith, here's what I think God was saying. I'll meet you there. 
I'll meet you there. What are you believing for? What's, what dreams have you let go of? What have you, in your heart of hearts, at one point you knew God? I really believe that was a God thing, but right now it's just like you're not even, not even thinking it anymore. You've let it set on a shelf. What, what did you used to pray for God to do and it didn't happen as fast as you wanted you just kind of gave up? Where in your spiritual life did you get stuck? Oh, come on. We're all, we're all, we're all needing this. I'm just telling you, God wants to do something with you that goes beyond anything you've experienced so far. It goes beyond anything you see in the world. He wants to do something with you that is bigger than what you can think. It's exceeding. It's abundant. It's above. And He wants to do that with this church. And we want Him to do it. We want Him to do it. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to lift your hands up. And we're just, as elders, we're just going to extend our hands to you. And we're just going to pray that God will send his favor and his anointing over your life right now. And then we're just going to take a minute and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in our lives as we worship God. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name right now for a move of your Holy Spirit. We ask for your favor. We ask for your anointing. We ask for a move of your spirit, Lord. Refresh us, baptize us again and again in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you reinstate faith and restore faith in the lives of every believer in this place. I pray that you will bless this house, bless every one of these people. We just declare provision. We declare protection. We declare the anointing, we declare favor over their lives, over their children, over their grandchildren, over their finances, over their homes, over their friendships, over their families, over their jobs, their careers, their transitions, their, their passions, their dreams. Lord, I pray that you begin to stir up dreams again in people, God. Begin to stir up bigness in people. People have been defeated. They've been discouraged. People that have been depressed, God, I pray that you'll release them from that right now. Release them from that right now and help them to begin to see the bigness of who you are and the bigness of what you will do in their life, God. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit will stir us up, will stir us up for the power of God, that we will shine the light into the dark God, that we will see our neighbors' lives changed, our families' lives changed, our cities' lives changed, our areas' lives changed, God, even our nation, even our world, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, for your holiness to reign. We pray for your righteousness to reign. We pray for your grace to reign, your love to reign, your truth to reign over our lives, God. We surrender ourselves to you. God, and I pray that you stir up a spirit of prayer in this house right now. You told me years ago that this house would be called a house of prayer. I pray that you stir up the spirit of intercession on the lives of these people standing here right now that have come down here in faith. We just ask in Jesus' name, God, that you'll stir up a desire to pray, a desire to seek your face, a desire to rest in your presence, God. A desire to rest in your presence, God. A desire to 
stop and enjoy the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, move among us. Change us. Forgive us. Set us free. Deliver us. I pray over every person who might be carrying addiction in this place right now. I break the back of addiction in Jesus' name. I declare that they are free in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who may be sick, whether a cold or cancer, God. In anything in between, you are able to heal. You are able to deliver, God. In Jesus' name, we declare that your healing virtue will flow through their lives. We pray for favor. We pray for anointing God we pray for a move of your spirit God in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name now you pray come on just lift your hands and pray pray out loud let your hear yourself pray some of you need a breakthrough and it's right there it's there it's because you won't even say the name of Jesus out loud come on begin to pray out loud let yourself hear yourself talk to God and begin to seek his face right now get a breakthrough on your own life come on Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your presence. Your presence, God. Not our presence. Your presence. Your kingdom. Not our kingdom. Your purpose. Not our purpose, God. Not to us. Not to us, but to you, O Lord, be glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We receive you. We receive the power of your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now just look at me, everybody. Look at me. I know what God is doing and has done right now in this moment is real. But a lot of times when we come up in the moments like this, because we feel the word of God, we're like, I'm responding to that. I'm doing that. And we'll leave this place. And, we'll, and the devil tries to steal it from you. The Bible even talks about he's like a bird that comes out and tries to get the seed out of your heart. You walk away here, you begin to declare the favor of God on your life. You begin to declare the confidence of God's spirit on your life. You begin to ask God, give me a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit baptize me, cleanse my life, clean me up, fix me, whatever the issues are, fix it. I want to move to the next level. I want to do the next thing that God has for me. I want breakthrough. I want freedom. I want deliverance. I want holiness. I want righteousness. I want the love of Jesus to shine through my life like I have never experienced it before. I need it. I want it. And you walk out of here declaring that, believing that, and don't you give up on it at all. You might face the enemy this week. You look him in the eye and back him down. You have authority over the devil. He does not have authority over you. The Bible's very clear. Jesus said all authority was given to him and he dispersed that to us. The greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. You tell the devil, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. You get away from my kids. You get away from my life. You get away from my family. You get away from my business. You don't take anything off of him. He's out of bounds if he's messing with you. And you walk in the favor of God this week. When you're tempted not to, you step back up and say, God, no, we, I prayed, I ask you, I know you're doing it. And just let him bless your life. And do it this way. When you pray, say, God, bless me so I can bless somebody else. And then bless them immediately. Don't even wait. Don't hesitate. Just find a way. Bless somebody else. And that thing will start getting going in your life. 
And listen, there are some of you that there's a gift of prayer on and you're not listening. And it's time to listen to God. God has an intercessory gift on your life and you're, you, you, you just won't go there. So here's what I want to challenge you. This week, I don't care where you're at or what you're doing. As you, if you have a compelling to pray, like if you all of a sudden feel like I need to pray, I want you to go find a closet. I want you to go get behind a door. I want you, if you're at your work or whatever you have to do to get away, and I want you just to take a moment, just take a moment and just start talking to God. What if somebody thinks I'm weird? They already think you're weird. Just do it. I'm telling you, the quickest way to the favor of God is to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what that means is when He prompts you, do what He says. Just immediately do what He says. Don't wrestle with, is that me? Is that God? Who cares? Just do it. And let's listen to the voice of God. And let's let Him do what He wants to do. Because let me tell you something, 2023, the best is yet to come. God's about to do some things we've wanted Him to do for a long time. And we're going to let him do it. Right? We're going to get out of the way. Thank you so much. Let me bless you before you go today. And I'm reading this blessing to you out of the NLT version simply because the way it reads. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church Podcast.